welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, there we go. Hello, welcome to episode 464 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal Sean Orford. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing fairly good. I had a bit of um, a long COVID that knocked me out for a couple of days. But apart from that, I'm fine. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so okay. it's a bit of a swine, that thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it's funny because I've had all these odd symptoms I'm being kind of tested for and stuff. And I keep meeting people or coming across people that are having the same symptoms. Right. <laughs> Mm. You know, so there just seems to be. I was beginning to think I'm a bit odd, but it seems, <laughs> seems beginning to think like I'm quite normal now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the great experiment continues. I'm sure there's all sorts of research going on into it at the moment, yeah. um, anecdotal stuff as well. But flipping heck, yeah, mm. hang in there, eh? Yeah, we'll get there. We will. Yeah, I've had a mad week really. I'm not, I've been. I've been to. I've had an amazing week to be honest. I've been to both Anfield to watch the Champions League game. I went to I went to Goodison to see Everton play on Sunday in the Premier League match. So I'm yeah. Are, are you allowed to do both of those? <laughs> I don't know. I kind of uh, yeah. I wasn't shouting it too from the rooftop from the rafters when I was at Goodison. Like oh, I had a great time at Liverpool on on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, funny what life t- throws at you. I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm very fortunate to be honest. I've uh, I've had the opportunity to do either of them, let alone both. So, but yeah. Mm-hmm. People with tickets that couldn't make it offered them to me, and it was like, "Yeah, go ahead, flip the neck, amazing." Oh, all right then. Yeah, if you insist. So uh, both pretty, pretty high-profile <laughs> matches, and uh, yeah, amazing experience to be honest. To kind of like share in the, uh, it's almost like I'm. I am a big, a big football fan, but not like an absolute diehard. Um, but it is like a semi-religious experience, really being at being at places like that, especially at this end of the season when there's lots to play for and. Uh, yeah, it's one of them things. If you if you've experienced it, you you'll know what I'm talking about. But if not, and if you maybe just the type of person that just sees the football being mentioned all the time in the news and thinking, what is all that about? It's it's like real. It's a real deal, man. The uh, the mm-hmm. energy that forty, fifty odd thousand people can create. Um, it's cool. Yeah. If only we could turn Powerful, that. Yeah. If only we could mm-hmm. harness that energy in uh, in other areas of life and uh, get people mm-hmm. as excited about. Certain other things, but hey ho, we'll get there, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, livingthepresent.co.uk for all the show notes and links as ever. Sean's written a blog post uh, to accompany this episode, as he always does. Um, we'll he dive does. in because uh, yeah, what 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 prompted this one, Sean, about smiling? Uh, got a lot of team building stuff going on at the moment, um, which is kind of post-COVID stuff and teams coming back together, working together. Um, and one of the things that has really come across in watching people do things is watching people meet each other again for the first time. And um, it's the power of the smile. This is very, the, the, there's so many words in a smile. Um, and a smile can either be, or I suppose I, the facial expression can be something that either accepts you in or rejects you out. Mm-hmm. 
and I've watched it going on as I've watched teams coming back together. Um, and um, overall, it, it's that kind of recognition of, yes, I know you, we belong together, we're part of this thing that you see going on. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally someone will appear into the, this developing groups. They've come back together. And you can see that it's that very clear, oh, God, it's you. You know, I've forgotten you were a part of our group, or maybe you're not a part of our group kind of thing. Going Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, I mean... I mean, smiling at someone is something instinctively that even the most miserable of swines it, like will know because if you put like a little baby in front of most people or maybe even a cute little fluffy puppy like the one I can yeah. see that's uh, just over yeah. on my laptop now, mm. their eyes will open and they'll make that kind of expression to say hello and mm. ah, Gucci, Gucci, Goo and all that kind of stuff, won't they? Yeah. So it's it's yes. quite an instinctive thing to do, isn't it, to smile? Is it something that some of us are better at doing later in life and others kind of forget how to do as, we, as life kind of wears us down? I, 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 I don't know that it's an age-related thing. I think it's more like a person-related thing. Right. You get you get some people that are very smiling. Um, and one of the, it, It's worth doing the experiment because if you smile at other people, they usually smile back. Mm. Yeah, and instinctive, instinctively they do. Um, yeah, I mean, I noticed and more so at Anfield probably. When I went to Liverpool, I was with my, my eldest lad, Ted, Will, Ted, who's 10, and uh, there must be all of the stewards, there's obviously hundreds of stewards to see, make sure 60,000 people get in and out safely. Um, but they must be briefed to be like really nice to kids, especially. So all the stewards, when they see a kid, coming into the ground because I think traditionally football grounds have been quite like male dominated grown-up spaces where you know yeah fellas go um to kind of yeah let off some steam but now it's much more of a family event experience and the stewards are really good I've noticed with with Will in particular and all kids you can you can see them like looking for kids to say ah oh, is this your first time mate uh how was it did you enjoy it oh, are we gonna win mm-hmm. what do you reckon and they're like really over the top uh, friendly and smiley and it's it's fantastic to see obviously uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's kind of a shame they don't do it to the grown-ups as well <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's good that it's good that that kind of training is given isn't it to kind of welcome people to a place mm. like that um, which in, mm. in the past football stadiums maybe were a bit more of intimidating places to go you know yeah yeah and, and I suppose inevitably um, it's a case of us and them when you go to a football stadium, because either you're part of one team or the other. Yeah. Um, and that sense of, can we cross the line? And actually, you, you actually get it in rugby matches more, where the, t- the, the fans actually aren't so kind of tribalistic somehow. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, I've been to a few Six Nations games, so and I know that, yeah, as, as a football fan, I was amazed because you... You sit together, um, Wales and Scotland fans, when I've been to the matches, the, there's no yeah. kind of away end. Everyone's mixed in together. So it creates quite a cool atmosphere because people are on maybe kind of better behaviour and they're kind of less, yeah, there's, there's not there's not that kind of shouting at the other end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and pointing fingers. Because yeah. you sat right next to them, so you have to be like polite to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, generally it's, well, it's been really good. Maybe it's just because Wales, Scotland's got a bit more of a, camaraderie and everyone they just all hate the English 
<laughs> Understandably so. Yes. Yeah, I, I need maybe I should go to a Wales versus England game and uh, see see what that's like. Make uh, sure you're carrying a leak. So yeah. You... <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing a bit of door knocking recently um, for the the Green Party stuff, the local elections that I've been getting involved with, which is again yeah. knocking on the doors of strangers is quite a quite a scary thing to do actually and um but you do you do kind of get in the habit of it uh and you do realize that um that first that first second or two when they first when they open the door that's the time where you've got not to win them round but just whether you whether you can you, you get to figure out whether you can engage with them and a lot of it i think is is your facial expression you know so mm. it's Mm. You've got to put on a smile, but not too much of a like a Tony Blair over the top smile. It's a kind of a I don't know how to explain the smile that I give, but it's kind of a hello. I'm you know I'm friendly and I'm sorry to bother you because you probably don't want to just talk to me. But how are you doing? And then yeah, I'm pretty good at that initial kind of ice breaking smile. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah have you done much door knocking any time? Well, I I did some. Uh... Uh, American plastics company door-to-door uh, -door selling around uh, London and the suburbs for a while. Right. Uh, mainly, mainly as an experiment, just to see what it was like doing it. Um, and one of the things that I found was that there were guys uh, out on the knocker called the Clean Easy Man. And you know Clean what? Easy, yeah. Clean Easy was a product or products. I did Clean and Easy. I did it for a, a year or two after... Um... After university, to try and uh, yeah, make a few pennies, did, did yeah. quite badly at it in the end. But yeah, it's like Avon, isn't it? Like the yeah, you drop a magazine off and you you pick it up a few days later with hopefully with an order on it. But the successful clean easy men were better psychologists than most university trained psychologists because they understood people. Yeah, which is why why they got the sales and they were successful. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's the same with um utility warehouse which is something i kind of got involved with for a while years ago where it's basically yeah like a uh well some people call it pyramid selling but it's not it's kind of it's kind of network marketing it's called where you're relying on the word of mouth and to kind of build build your customer base and yeah the, mm -hmm. i mean the really big sellers within that business i remember going to talk about it uh were just in, yeah incredible psychologists really and they had that the knack mm -hmm. of uh of yeah, selling people stuff that they probably didn't really need because you're already getting your your, uh, your gas and electric from elsewhere, and it's you don't have to swap. But um, they managed to convince them to to do just that and make them feel good mm. about it as well. Yeah, fascinating stuff, isn't it? So yeah, the art of the smile um, yeah. is uh, is a big one. But smiling, as I found out, and as you've written about in the blog post, it's about more than just kind of tricking people into liking you. It's it's about a whole. It's it can benefit you as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and and it it works at a level beyond our awareness, mm. which is quite interesting. You know, um, when you smile at someone, they will smile, and that affects their brain and how their brain works. Right. Yeah, which is really good. Um, it's very good indeed. Uh, there's a couple of blog posts I'm going to link to and that I found uh, online, which talk about the benefits of smiling to you and uh and the people around you and it's uh it's pretty amazing really what's what, what's your take on the like the science behind it and you talk in your blog a bit about the the ayurvedic uh training as well that you received well it, that relationship between muscle 
and nerve, muscle and brain. We know that if you're if you walk down the road and someone's coming the other way and they're smiling, then their their brain is full of positive endorphins that are just naturally expressed through the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Equally so, if you smile, um, then it will affect your brain and make your brain secrete positive endorphins. But the weirdest one of all is if you smile at someone else, you can make their brain create positive endorphins by your smile, mm-hmm. which is really weird, I think. Um, mm. But that whole thing about, I, I say it in, in, in the book, about, you know, wake up in the morning, go to the bathroom mirror and smile. And what happens is you get a double one because you've got your smiling, which affects your brain, but you've also got an image of the face smiling in the mirror, which gives you a double effect. Yeah. So smiling yourself in the mirror can make your brain chemistry change quite dramatically, even if you're feeling really down. Mm. Uh Amazing, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. But you're talking your blog post a bit about maybe more controversially about um, Botox and about the the way that we change our bodies to kind of almost mask our um, our yeah. mood. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you do you do say that you yeah, perhaps your views might be a, a little kind of backward thinking in some ways. But do you want to explain? explain well, I, your I, angle? I, I say in there that I'm one of those odd people who don't really understand why people wear makeup. Mm. Um, it's like, why? Because I, I see people that wear makeup, and by the time they take their makeup off, there's nothing left of their face. They're another person. And I think, that's odd. Why would you want to do that? Because the human form has a natural beauty about it when you allow it just to be. Why do we have to keep doing things with it? Why can't we just be who we are? And I love it when you see a picture of a, a, I don't know, an old Chinese person, like an old Chinese lady, who's amazingly kind of wrinkly but kind of smiling and yeah. just looks beautiful. You know, they, they may be in their kind of 70s, 80s, whatever. Um, uh, and they haven't needed to run around filling with fillers and and. Botoxing things, and you know, it's like they're just being who they are. Mm. Um, and we talked before about uh, people sticking fillers in their lips and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that about Botox is Botox paralyzes muscle. Now, if you're trying to get a feedback mechanism between the smiling muscles of the face through the nerves to the brain, but everything's paralyzed, nothing works. Mm. Yeah. So we've ended up in a situation in psychology where we actually have what's described as Botox-induced depression. You know, the, the Botox, when someone's feeling bad and they think, I'm going to make myself look better so I feel better. So yeah. they go and have the Botox and they actually make their situation worse because they're freezing the face so they can't get the feedback mechanisms between the endorphins in the brain and their face muscles. So something good happens, they can't smile, so they can't tell their brain something good's going on. Yeah. You know, it's mad. Um, I've just found it. I remember seeing just a headline of an article over the weekend, which I'll link to again, and it's about 
how Britain fell for adult braces. So we're talking about smiles, smiling now. And I have noticed because someone in my family actually is is going through kind of a teeth straightening, like they've got braces basically, or just some kind of something they wear at nighttime that's kind of mm. straightening their teeth up a little bit. I know in, in America, like teeth straightening is like, well, maybe I'm a bit of a stereotype here, but like, You've got to have you've got to have a good set of gnashes in America, like perfectly white, perfectly straight. Whereas it, I think they take the Mickey out of us in the UK a bit more for having like really terrible wonky teeth. <laughs> so maybe we're going to catch them up now. But um, would you include teeth straightening in your list of things that we probably shouldn't be bothering with? Yeah, yeah, I I can remember uh, when I was at school, there were kids that had teeth like tombstones that all fallen over in the graveyard. <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. Um, uh, but when you when you saw uh, people that had teeth like indigestion tablets, all perfect and in a line, and it's like that looks really weird. It looks really odd, mm. you know. And it's it's this thing about we we stopped being who we are in favour of being something that we think that we ought to be, should be, might be, could be, and it stops us interacting at basic levels that make communication work. Mm. Yeah, and when someone's face is Botox, they can't communicate properly through their face. They can't express because bits are frozen. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's fascinating. I I don't know where to draw the line, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, fellas like you and I generally are quite lucky because there's not that social pressure is there to wear makeup at all. you know, I'll wash my face in the morning and I'll put a bit of moisturizer on, but um, occasionally I'll brush my hair. <laughs> uh, but there's not that social pressure on us, is there, to to be looking prim and proper and perfect, and and to have to apply other other things to our yeah to our appearance really. So there's, there is a massive pressure, particularly on women, and maybe we need to get a bit more of a female perspective on this. Um, well, it's interesting that because um, obviously I talk a lot to women. But it's like, where does the pressure come from? And very often the pressure on women comes from other women. Mm. It's not as simple as saying, oh, it's men. Um, yeah. But um, it's like, are you letting the side down kind of thing? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's particularly true for young women at school and stuff like that, that um, are under that kind of peer pressure. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I, before we came on air, I said that I'd been out for a bit of a night out on the tiles on Sunday after the uh, Everton game in, in, uh, in Liverpool. And it was, I was paying the price all yesterday, but it was a good day. It was a good night out. We tried to like relive our youth, youth a little bit and pretend we were 21 still. And in fact, at one point, yeah, we were in a bar full of what seemed like 18 to 25 year old girls. And it just like me, me and my two mates sat in the corner all just just turned 40 very recently kind of all of a sudden (laughs) feeling our age um but yeah i wouldn't say actually particularly i've noticed because there was a period i think where girls um really overdid it with the makeup and all that stuff and maybe i don't know i think that's kind of maybe that's settled down a bit now um but like i say i don't go out very much these days anyway um but yeah When, when i was like 18 19 20 going out yeah i mean things have changed a lot since then and uh but Things have changed a lot in general in terms of like gender fluidity as well and all that. So it's a it's a funny old world we're in, isn't it? Isn't that a funny phrase, gender fluidity? 
I don't even know if it's the right phrase to use, to be honest. Yeah, I need but it's to... but I, I love it as a phrase. It's amazing. Gender fluid. I know. Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, if we were, if you and I were 16, 17, 18 now, who knows what 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 position we'd be in, and what would you know? Maybe we'd been considering. Uh, who knows what, man? Yeah. But we're not, are we? Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> The, um, I just had a request come in on the rap rod. Rap um, rod. The rap rod. Oh right, okay. It's the rod that you rap on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get with it. Come on. Sorry, man. I'm so behind the times. Um, yeah. But yeah. You know, Re 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 wants to take Gina out tonight. So. <laughs> Sean's announcing his his calendar to the world. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah all right well yeah how are you going to wrap this one up in terms of uh yeah is is smiling more something you literally can practice every day you could you could set a reminder couldn't you on your phone or on your watch to go and have a smile at yourself in the mirror if you think you're a uh, smiling deficient that is well it, it, if you can accept the fact that smiling actually has a direct effect direct effect <laughs> on the endorphins in your brain yeah if you smile, your brain will feel happier. Yeah. And the more you do it, the happier you will feel. You know, they, they all go together. Um, the, uh, the, the issue always is about uh, understanding those links and then playing on those things. We know that if you go for a run or you go for a good walk, you feel better. Um, but just the mere fact of smiling in the mirror can make you feel better. Smiling at other people can make you feel better, but can make them feel better as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that I, I think practicing that whole thing about smiling, but the trick usually if you're going to meet somebody is to look in their eyes and smile because mm -hmm. that's when you connect. Okay. Yeah. And who wouldn't so, want that? Because, yeah, I mean, uh, we all crave connection, don't we, with uh, with other human beings. So, uh... But it, it's like you were saying about, um, people do it with dogs and babies and things like that. So, I mean, it's like, oh, smiley, smiley. Mm. Yeah. And it's that connection. It's an eye connection, which creates a face connection. Yeah. And ultimately creates a group connection, which like when you went to the football match, is like a whole kind of troop connection. Yeah, like a tribe. Yeah, yeah. it was mad. I mean, Everton, without boring people too much, about the football, yeah, Everton are in quite a precarious position where they might get relegated from the Premier League this season for the first time in like 50-odd years. Um, they were playing Chelsea on Sunday and they weren't really expected to, to get anything. They won somehow uh, and it was such a, like amazing atmosphere, especially at the end. I was I was with one of my friends who was a real massive Everton fan and uh, he was nearly in tears at the final whistle, man. It was, it was amazing and then... Flares got chucked on the pitch, and uh, yeah, well, like usually a stadium will empty pretty quickly um, after a match, or people will even start leaving. You know, five minutes before to kind of beat the uh, beat the rush, but five ten minutes after the match, everyone was still there, like just screaming and shouting. Well, and, uh, yeah, it's quite special, actually, amazing. Yeah. Mm. So does that make uh, Everton safe? No, not yet. They're still. Uh, they're still in the zone where they'll get dropped down, but it's uh, looking much more positive after Sunday. They still need a couple of wins from the last five games or something. But... Right. So uh, it's not done yet. 
by any stretch. But um, yeah. Mm. Um, but even if you lose, we could do a podcast about that. If they go, if, if Everton get relegated, we'll do a podcast for the Everton fans just to kind of help them cope with the uh, the grief and um, of, uh, of yeah, and how to look on the positive side of it because yeah, you can. It's a chance to rebuild, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's funny these things. Like when I worked in psychiatry, and the idea that if you did exercise. Uh, which is quite a tough thing for psyche patients to do. But if you can get them to do exercise, then you can halve their medication. It was like a standard. It was it was amazing when you saw it go on. Because just the act of moving the body, getting everything going, made the endorphins flow. Whereas when you become sedentary, which is what's happened a lot during lockdown mm. uh, and the whole COVID thing, um, then people's endorphins lock up and people's moods drop down. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but that idea, okay, you move your body, you feel better. But the idea that if you could just move the muscles of your face in a certain way to make a smile, it has that profound effect on your brain, which is quite extraordinary if you think about it. It's like, wow. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, all right, cool. What's your resource of the week? Uh, what I've done is I've I've popped in uh, a blog on smiling, um, a little blog thing, uh, like an article on smiling, cool. um, and just shows lots of real effects that smiling can have on the way your system works. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very Good. nice. Yeah, I found a blog, or more like a visual blog, actually, which is kind of an illustration about all the benefits of smiling, which is... Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice little one to run through, which has got lots of stuff we didn't talk about, actually, so you can uh, yeah. dive a little bit deeper. Um, all right, cool. You happy for now? Yeah, I'm good. I am groovy. All right. We'll yeah. wrap it up then. Um, thanks for your time, Sean, and we'll see you all again next week. Just keep smiling. We will. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> see you. See you, Sean. Okay. Bye. Bye.